Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of Worldwide. In this podcast, if this is your first time here, I usually just cover some of the education and healthcare systems around the world, looking deeper into how some nations are dealing with the coronavirus or even other factors like gender inequality and how that truly affects the population. Today's episode, I wanted to look at Sri Lanka. So as an Indian or as a person from India, I've always heard about Sri Lanka and I've been fascinated by it because I know it's pretty close um, or geographically nearby India. But recently, or not recently, but in the past couple of years, I've noticed that a lot of like social media influencers are starting to travel here and post pictures here and I realized how actually beautiful it is and how it's one of those countries you don't hear about too much but there's really a lot of things to do there especially with wildlife I've seen a lot of like elephants and it's just a really really nice location and I honestly highly recommend traveling there I would love to do so myself once of course this pandemic and the coronavirus situation dies down but that's what drew my attention towards Sri Lanka so I decided to research a little bit and look into what the country has been up to and how they have implemented some education and healthcare systems and whether they're doing a good job or not. So like I always do, I wanted to start with the education systems in place. So if we're looking at numbers, there are approximately 10,390 government schools in Sri Lanka as of right now. And basically school in Sri Lanka is mandatory for children from 5 to 13 years of age. And it's state funded and as well offered free of charge at all levels, including the university or college level, something we don't have in the United States. And... The government also actually provides free textbooks to school children. And a fun fact, literacy rates and educational attainment levels have risen steadily ever since Sri Lanka became an independent nation in 1948. And upon rising steadily, the youth literacy rate at this point in time in 2020 stands at 97%. That is so high and is a really good number to be at, which... Is amazing and I think the reason for this is because the government just gives such high priority to improving the national education system and access to education they consistently prioritize it and look at it as one of the major things to fund so I believe that is part of the reason why the literacy rate is so high Um, The education structure in Sri Lanka is actually divided into five parts. So there's primary education, junior secondary education, senior secondary, collegiate, and tertiary. And although there's a really high literacy rate, some officials say that these are masking other problems in Sri Lanka with regards to education. So... In their words, there is a visible disparity across regions in educational attainment and basically this means like of course wealthier families you know have higher quality of education better teachers and better access to facilities in comparison to children and students in lower income areas or remote areas of the nation and some of the statistics behind 
this disparity is that while 96% of children in the ages of 5 to 14 attend schools, only 90% of poor children attend schools. And this is a difference, but I feel it's definitely not as substantial as some of the other countries I've discussed, specifically Yemen, India, Brazil. And um, the reason for the non-attendance of schools with poorer children or children in more remote, low-income areas is primarily the lack of food and clothing that these children and families have, as well as the earnings that the family receives, which, you know, obviously affect they're able to travel to school, the distance to school, and frequent illnesses. And I'll touch on health a little bit later, but that's definitely can be it, that definitely can be a factor that causes children to not be able to attend school as much as if they're getting sick all the time or if their family members are sick they have to take care of them or they can't access proper health so they end up just staying home and um, suffering through those means and also quality of education and the availability of teachers and opportunity cost of schooling are also really really important factors that determine school attendance so these can also be the reasons why there's a somewhat gap between the children in the age group of 5 to 14 that are attending school versus the children in ages 5 to 14 of poor low more low income families and in sri lanka um the medium of language is Sinhala or Tamil but English is taught as a second language there and similar kind of to the SAT that we have here and I touched on this in the India episode the bar exam in Sri Lanka students sit the GCE exam at the end of 11 years of formal education and the GCE AL exam at the end of 13 years. So they also do have exams that will determine their future and um, their acceptances into universities, similar to what we have here. Okay, now I wanted to look into the healthcare systems in Sri Lanka. So I wanted to begin by looking at the coronavirus. In Sri Lanka currently, there are confirmed to be 2,665 cases, and the number of recovered patients are, and cases are unknown at, the, at this point, but there are approximately 11 deaths so far. And I shared an interesting story I found in the last episode for Ethiopia about the 114-year-old man. So I was looking at the news as well, and I found something about Sri Lanka that I found kind of interesting. So this man has his name has been anonymous for a while now but it's just released that his name is prasad dinesh and he's actually linked by sri lankan authorities to nearly half of the country's coronavirus cases so in other words these sri lankan authorities are blaming prasad dinesh as the man responsible for nearly a thousand three hundred cases so this man Prasad Dinesh is 33 years old and he tested positive for the coronavirus in April. Back in April, these Navy sailors were sent to his village as part of a military-led task to deal with the pandemic and hopefully quarantine him, get all of his contacts into quarantine, but chaos ensued and 
a chain of events resulted that have led to over 1,300 additional coronavirus infections. And officials are declaring that all of this stemmed from Dinesh. And he's been under a lot of blast on TV and social media, blaming him for these clusters of coronavirus cases. And a majority of them come from the Navy sailors. So about 900 of the Navy sailors have been infected. Sri Lankan authorities assume that it's because these sailors took part in the operation for Prasad Dinesh in quarantining, quarantining him that they actually got infected with the virus themselves. So I just found it interesting. I'm not sure the extent of the validity of this story or how true it really is, but either way, it's interesting that this one man is possibly responsible for over a thousand cases of the coronavirus. But since then, it has definitely been contained and they've done a pretty good job of minimizing the number of cases. It's only at 2,000 in comparison, you know, to the millions that the United States is facing. And it's a very minimal number in relation to the over 13 million cases around the world as of right now. Now, with regards to healthcare systems in Sri Lanka, healthcare in Sri Lanka is actually provided by the government and it's this country is very unique which i didn't know prior to researching but it holds a unique position in south asia as one of the only developing nations to actually provide universal health free education strong gender equality and a better opportunity for social mo- mobility so public health care is universally accessible for the entire population and almost entirely free of charge So this has been implemented ever since Sri Lanka gained independence, like I talked about before, in 1948. And ever since then, they've achieved relatively high standards of social and health development in comparison to countries of similar levels of economic development, especially in South Asia. And the country has quite an extensive network of healthcare institutions as well. And they've achieved a lot, in my opinion, Um, The maternal mortality rate in Sri Lanka is only 39 deaths per 100,000 live births, which is quite an exceptional achievement, I think, for a developing country. And many say that the improvement in these numbers is because of the maternal and childcare program that Sri Lanka implemented nationally as part of their state healthcare system. So... I think that that program has definitely had an impact on the statistics and the overall health of the nation because they've clearly made it a priority as well as education to just improve and definitely put more money and funding into. And also, post-neonatal mortality has declined in Sri Lanka as well. And as I was looking more and more into the healthcare, many people agree that the factors that have contributed to the overwhelming success of the Sri Lankan healthcare system and status of the citizens are due to cultural, social, and historical reasons. So they believe that the high level of women's autonomy and relative gender equality has really led to some of the improvements in the health status and also the democratic system based on universal franchise and the consistent priorities that the nation has been putting out relating to social services also has led to the improvement in healthcare 
and of course the free education since 1948 and the high levels of female literacy have created like a more like a bigger knowledge base that has definitely led to improvements in health and education and also um the nutritional status of poor families and lower income families has been improved through the subsidized distribution of rice so these are all definitely some good aspects and improvements that the nation has made i think i fully believe that it's when nations like these are prioritizing and having goals in mind like oh i want to implement free health care i want to increase female literacy i want to you know make sure that women and men are treated equally and that there's very minimal gender inequality i think when nations really create goals and when nations create goals and prioritize things like this it's when progress can actually be made and sri lanka is a really good example of that however with regards to health um, the spread of dengue fever has been one of if not the biggest challenges that the country has faced over the past couple years and they believe that removing breeding sites of the dengue mosquito is one of the most important steps in mitigating risks but it continues to spread pretty rapidly the world health organization or who is trying to play a greater role in providing the technical support and coordination that's needed you know to make the progress in health possible and i think it's the spread of the fever has definitely declined and i think it continues to do so but it's although that's on the decline coronavirus can hit any minute so it's good to be on the lookout but overall i just found it really really inspiring that this nation has continued to you know make sure women and men are on the same playing field that they're receiving similar levels of education, if not the same level of education, and that universal healthcare is provided. These little things, although they're not little, but they're very important, um, can really, really improve the nation's position in the world and the overall well-being of the population. If just more women are being educated, that can lead to, you know, less population growth and it can cause women to be more aware and you know more females to be involved in politics and it can cause the economy to improve there's a lot of benefits that can come from just treating smaller but important things like that and like always i will have some links in my description for this episode on articles and organizations that deal with sri lanka specifically because it's really really interesting and Definitely a country now that I more than ever want to visit. Hopefully, if I get to go to India soon, I will definitely want to stop by because not only is it a really beautiful country, but there's a lot of history behind it and it's definitely a very organized and I believe a successful country. So that's something I would definitely want to check out. And like I always say, knowledge is the power to cause action and Although Sri Lanka doesn't have too many issues and they're definitely improving day by day, um, just being more aware of the systems and things in place in other countries can allow you to be a better person and more knowledgeable. So with that, I hope you join me for episode six 
and thank you for listening.